I am thrilled to announce that An Actor Despairs is partnering with a wonderful CBD company called Kind Farms. Everyone out there has heard of CBD. I started taking it a few years ago when I first started getting sober and to help with my anxiety. Sadly, as one can do, I was overtraining in the gym, and a friend recommended a topical and a tincture to help with the pain. I tried it. It was okay. However, recently, I was introduced to a product that has really changed my life. Not only has it helped me with anxiety, but I am stronger than I have ever been. I'm able to carry out lifts my body used to prevent me from doing. Kind Farm products have single-handedly changed my life athletically and personally. They utilize 100% local licensed farmers, organic cultivation, and CO2 extraction for superior CBD. Kind Farms is turning CBD to a kind alternative to pharmaceuticals. Let's transform tobacco row into hemp row. If you want to get involved, please reach out. Together, we can make a difference. You can use my code RYAN10 for 10% off. You can find them on Instagram at Kind Farms Inc. All one word. That's K I N D P H A R M S I N C. And their website is kindfarmsinc.com. Once again, my code for 10% off is Ryan10. And now, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Today on An Actor's Fairs, we have truly one of the most beautiful inside and out actors, actresses, Sheila Van. She's had such a long career and was in a Broadway play with Robin Williams at a young age and kept cooking her way up. You know her from projects like We the Animals, The Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, Land of Dreams, 68 Kill, and the upcoming Netflix show, Snowpiercer. I have so much love for Sheila. I've looked up to her for such a long time. She literally glows on the screen when you watch her and is just such a dynamic actor. She brings so much nuance and truth to every character she plays. I highly recommend you go on IMDb, watch everything she's been in. It's a masterclass. And her Instagram account is some of the funniest things I've ever seen. Sheila Vand, I love you. Thank you so much for being on. Here it is. Sheila Van, welcome to An Actor's Fairs. How are you doing? I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. I'm such a big fan of yours. I mean, you know, the coup in this business is, is working, and, and you got started pretty young with, with Bangle at Bad Dead Zoo, right? Like, how, how old were you when that was? Yeah, I was like, tw- I was 24, I guess. That's amazing. Feels yeah. young now. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you know, I, I followed your career, girl you know, walks home at night and we, the animals and the rental now. And in, I I say this with sincerity, you're, you're such an amazing actress. One of the reoccurring themes on the show is the difference between good acting and great acting. And I kind of prior off air was just mentioning, you know, a lot of actors can kind of just do the tonight show and play personalities and make a living at that and, you know, do that. But like the great actors, no other actor could play that role and they really bring something to every character. And you were one of the finest actresses. I, I don't know how you feel about that. I hate the word it's, actress. Cause oh, it, whatever. Yeah. So yeah. you're the one of the finest actors in the world. And honestly, you're just so 
beautiful when you're on screen you just like thank you you're so stunning and then you know this i try to kind of not look at other interviews before i do it just to kind of get to know the person but i started following you on instagram this morning and then i, I fell in love with your personality like you have the exact same sense of humor of me and i was like oh my god this girl is just like Beautiful inside and out. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you. Yeah. I just started putting those, that project out. I saw actually that you had liked some of my stuff. I hate to admit it. I didn't uh, accept. Yeah. Um, no, but I, I appreciate like it. it. <laughs> it's, it's scary putting your own stuff out there and I'm, I'm trying to do more of that. So. Oh dude, you're so funny and it's great. And you're so beautiful. And I am so glad I got you before I have to go through 22 channels of CAA when yeah, you're right. going to the Oscars. That's and- not good. I mean, the Oscars will happen. But <laughs> I'm never having 22 agents. It's way too much money to get Yeah, away. fuck that, man. <laughs> <laughs> Stay with the good folks at ICM. <laughs> But uh, talk to me. So you grew up in Los Angeles, right? Uh, I lived in Southern California till I was 10, like kind of on the outskirts of L.A. And then my family moved to Northern California. So I feel like I kind of became more of a person in in the Bay Area. Um, But then I went back down to L.A. for UCLA to go to theater school. So I I really kind of claim you know, both Southern California and Northern California as where I grew up. I know they have a rivalry with each other, um, but it, it was good. There's there's positives and negatives <laughs> to both sides. Um, but the Bay Area generally, you know, it's, it's such a liberal, progressive, like yeah. gentle place to grow up. So uh, I've had it, two people on the show. Do you, do you know Morgan Spector and Carla Gugino? Are they from the Bay Area? Yeah, yeah, oh, they okay. are. Yeah, yeah. Actually, Dave Franco as well. We're, we're from the same hometown, but we went to rival high schools, so we didn't know each other. But No way. Uh, yeah, just Palo Alto. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that where you were? <laughs> yeah, that's where I mostly grew up. It's like so, where Stanford is and like the tech industry. So were your parents in the in the tech business? Yeah, my brother and my dad are both like computer whizzes. And then my mom was a CPA accountant. So it's kind of funny. They're very much like numbers people. Um, And I'm just this weirdo who went my own way. (laughs) Well, well, talk to me then, you know, having parents that were so, uh, you know, mathematically or technologically focused. How did the acting bug start to happen for you? Well, my I do think that my mom is very creative and like maybe you know my parents are i'm first generation iranian american so i was born in the states but my parents and my brother actually were born in iran and so there's a lot of it is like just the opportunities that they got to have yeah having to deal with like fleeing a country and and everything you do you have both passports i do yeah i do have Um, both passports but i haven't ever been to iran unfortunately yeah i have another story but so i think like my i got some creative spirit from from my mom but I, I it was mostly that I don't know I grew up just like pre- play, a lot of the games I played were the ones where you pretend like yeah. to be like something else I wasn't so- as interested in like so that, that yeah that kind of pretending was just in me and storytelling because I grew up in a really big Persian family so it's just like there was always like one time my cousin did this one time this happened my uncle said this like they're just from the time I could speak were like stories to tell and then I started doing plays in like middle school and high school and I just like I could not stop 
I, I, I always joke that the only reason I'm an actor is it's the only thing I never quit. Uh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but I think it's because I can't. I can't quit, man. So many times, too, like speaking yeah. of the despair, like in the prof- in my professional life, I've just been like, fuck this. But but I can't do it. I can't. I can't quit. I can't. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm 30 and I'm still here grinding out. So I'm, I'm there with you. And uh, Good. don't quit. Half of yeah. it is that half of yeah. it is just perseverance. I will say actually Sig Day Miguel and Steve Vincent were people that turned me on to you. Uh, they took me to a screening of your film, the wave and you know, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. They told me to oh, tell you man. hello. They're the, such great They're people. So yeah, man. Sig Day Miguel is always, Showing me love. It's so nice. Yeah, he's the best. It so he's much. been so same for me. But uh I'm curious then, did you grow up bilingual? Yeah, I did. So Farsi was my first language. Um and then like most immigrant kids, I sort of pushed back on that. Like as I went to school, you know, I just like wanted to speak English. It's like yeah. uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons why I felt that pressure. But luckily I had pretty strict parents about that. Like my, my dad especially was so important to him to maintain certain parts of our culture. So at home, it was just like, I had, I, he, he was, he was pretty like disciplinarian about continuing to speak Farsi. So my Farsi is not as good as it could be. Like I can't read and write, which sucks, but I do. I, I want to learn. I've learned the alphabet before and then forgotten it, but I, I can understand everything and I can. Um, and it's the most beautiful thing. Like, I'm so grateful they did that. And I speak Spanish as well, just like... Oh, really? School and... Yeah. I'm half Mexican and I'm so... I used to be conversational, but I lost it. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Little did I know the business would have changed so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You got to get into your Mexican side. I know. I got to do narcos, you know? Fuck, man. (laughs) But so then talk to me. So was there a teacher in middle school or high school that really kind of helped you kind of manifest this reality of like this being your calling? A hundred percent. Like I am, um, it's funny. Like I don't have a great memory. Like I don't remember all of my teacher's names. Like, I don't know from like back in the day, I don't know if it's just like I smoked too much weed or like, why the hell? Like I yeah. don't remember my childhood the way like a lot of other people do, but my theater teachers just like stick out in my mind so much, particularly Jim Shelby, my, my high school drama teacher, he was just like, so he was just a G like so amazing. So well educated in the theater, passionate about the theater. He loved teaching. And when I got to UCLA, which is like, you know, this prestigious theater school. (laughs) Talk to me about that. Cause growing up in California, you know, like in New York, it goes one or two ways. You either want to go to school here or you want to get out forever. Uh, you know, when I was applying, UCLA was my dream school and I got in, but I decided to risk it and go to NYU. What made you choose UCLA over like, uh, I don't know, Juilliard or NYU or, you know, really really simple, actually uh, didn't get into the New York schools. (laughs) Like I didn't get into NYU. What? Yeah, I know. Seriously. What the fuck? I'm going to email Juilliard. Hey, I didn't get into Juilliard either. Nobody does. (laughs) Yeah, whatever, man. Yeah. It doesn't really like Fuck that. you, Adam Drive. I'm kidding. 
<laughs> I tried, man. I tried. I really, really wanted to. Uh, I really wanted to get far away. To be honest, I, I wanted so the, the want hard to, thing. Yeah, yeah, but it was like it, it ended up being like just where I got in, and and then in retrospect, like when I did finally move to New York the first time when I did Bengal Tiger at the Baghdad Zoo in 2011, which, by the way, that that year, I applied for the second time to Juilliard, and I didn't get in. For, for the but, Masters? Um, I just tried again, yeah, for the Masters, yeah. and then I didn't... And, and the main reason I applied was I just wanted an excuse to move to New York, and, and then I didn't get in. But I got into Broadway, motherfucker. Fuck you, <laughs> So even I didn't get into Juilliard, I was like, whatever, guess what? I have a better excuse to move to New York. I can't tell you how many actors on this show didn't get into Juilliard, you know? I know. I mean, like, poor Juilliard. Like, nothing against them, but they... No, everything against them. This place, you know? It's like, oh, if you if you get this. and But but when I did finally move to New York later in life to, to do Broadway, um, I do Bengal Tiger, I realized actually that it was a blessing in disguise. I hadn't gotten into those schools. I swear, I think the universe intervened because I'm a very sensitive person like I yeah. take in a lot of stuff so I don't think I could have survived New York as an 18 year old like I I, I did not I dropped me. out and then had to return later it, it yeah. did so I told so talk to me about UCLA because there yeah. it's a bit it's a BA program right you do your academics and then yeah. in your later years you're able to focus on acting did you like that I didn't like that to be honest so, yeah. like I um it was really frustrating to be like, I came here to learn acting and like, I can't even take an acting class until yeah, it's bullshit. second year being, I don't know if it's changed since I was there. Um, but I did have some great teachers there too, that were really formative in my life. I had like a directing teacher, Brian Kite and Marilyn Fox, this amazing acting teacher. And, and, but like I, I was going to say that the first like year or two of being there, I like a lot of kids there were, were very excited by the curriculum. I had felt like I had learned all that stuff. In high school, yeah. Because of Jim Shelby in high school. And actually, when I listened to your your podcast, the Bill Pullman episode, he also mentions this, like, theater director who really got him into it. And um, it just reminded me how important teachers are and how, like, having a good experience when you're learning, it's it can be so formative. Like, maybe I still would have gotten into acting, but I really think... And, like, also just, like, so people know, like, I... I was never getting leading roles. I was often like not getting cast and plays like it from day one was, was a grind for yeah, me. Yeah. Um, but just the fact that I had a teacher that was, I think just teaching me the right stuff and, and opening our minds. Like I just, I remember we did the Laramie project when I was like 16 years old and a lot of schools weren't letting yeah. their schools do the Laramie project. It's, it, it's about the hate crime, the like, Terrible it was too tragic. fresh and too risky for them. Yeah, or, but like we were doing that stuff because our teacher was pushing for it, and so I just wanted to give like a shout out to teachers because I, yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah. they, you know, they certainly don't get paid enough for for what they do, and um, don't often get the credit for like sowing the seeds for so yeah. many actors. Totally, I've I've had a lot of my teachers on the show actually. So oh good. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. try to try to keep it. Celebratory, but then talk to me. I'm I'm very curious to ask you. You know, because I, as I mentioned, I dropped out. Being in LA, did you ever feel tempted to just be like, "Fuck it," like I can just go to I can go to Strasbourg on you know Santa Monica, or I can you know like was there ever a yeah. moment of that? 
There was definitely some people, I think, in my class who were more into, like, I just want to start auditioning. I, yeah. I wasn't like that at all. I was such a late bloomer in the sense that, you know, being a child of immigrants, I, like, I didn't have any resources or guidance just in, in the sense of acting. Like, I just had to really figure that all out myself. So I feel like when I went to school, I just wanted to get better at it. I just really wanted training. Um, so I wasn't too tempted by that stuff. But similar to you, I, I didn't drop out, but I ended up finishing a year early. And I even, like, my third year, I studied abroad, which is something they really didn't want us to do. I think we were not really even allowed to. I just, like, did Where? it anyways. Uh, I went to Spain, oh, to Barcelona, dream. which was... Um, but, like, because that was important to me, that life experience. And, like, yeah. I would say to anyone trying to act who's listening to this like i just always say it don't don't think it's all about acting classes and yeah. workshops and you gotta some live of it you do yeah, yeah you really do it's what makes your spirit like an interesting thing to look at on stage yeah. or on screen like you have to first be an interesting person i think you you gotta care about your soul as much as success and um so there's, there's, it was, I had a weird experience at UCLA. I don't think I really had a normal one where, um, where, you know, it was just chopped up a bit. Like I, I left, I went to another country, finished early. And, but that actually is what led me to study acting and directing. Like I got into the school as an actor and then when, because they didn't allow studying abroad, when I came back, I wasn't really allowed to just like re-enter the acting track. So I sort of entered the directing one and kind of like finished with, both. So again, was that guy Merle Shriverman there? I don't think so. Oh, uh, he was there when I I I did like in high school courses at UCLA. Okay, to get pre credits. He's oh, actually, dick. maybe he was in the film department. Yeah, like, he's a bit of a dick. <laughs> there were some dicks there. Yeah, man. yeah. There was some dicks, and I did he's, not like it at all. I like. He was like suing Michael Bay or some. He was out of his mind. Again, yeah. I, I did have some great teachers there, and and maybe, but but like you said, there is an element of that, like weird, like we're in LA, and yeah. so you know the so, some of it feels a bit like. That, those are the reasons why you know I had wanted to go to New York, and why ultimately I did move to New York was like, I was just like I need work that isn't about isn't all under the shadow of Hollywood I need work yeah. with like of course again like not to say there's not integrity in LA but at the end of the day like the people who choose to go to New York the actors who choose to live in New York I think inherently have a different set of priorities I couldn't agree more you know and let alone you know not even just the priorities I feel like in LA being an actor is like being a needle in a stack of needles you yeah know I, I was mean? like embarrassed <laughs> yeah. when I was in LA to say that I was an actor uh, me I too when like, I lived at yeah yeah, I felt like dirty. Yeah. Like, oh, what like, do you mean? Oh, <laughs> I'm another one of like, you know, and, and also people's reaction too is kind of like, yeah, you and everybody else. Like, yeah. But in New York, it feels like a respectable profession. It feels like it's not like, it's not what everybody does here. Like when you go to a coffee shop, it's, you don't see every single person working on a screenplay. It's eclectic. Yeah. It's, and again, yeah. it like gives you life in that way. That's, I've been here 12 years. I couldn't agree more. So t talk to me though. Did UCLA have any kind of showcase built in? I don't think they did for undergrad at that time. They maybe have since, um, like, 
it's been over a decade <laughs> since yeah. I've been there. So it could have changed. But I remember actually like the class below me starting a petition and getting really proactive about like, why don't we have a showcase? Yeah. And all these other schools do. And it's it's like a really important tool for getting signed for a lot of people. So I think it did actually change. But my year, we didn't have it. Um, I had to really infiltrate representation in like a shitty, grimy way that like sucked at the time. But, you know, eventually I got there. <laughs> well, so post-grad, post what did you do? Did you go back and kind of reevaluate your plan or did you go straight to New York? No, I stayed in L.A. at first and mostly I like was making my own work. Like, I feel like that's another big thing I learned at UCLA was yeah. like how to take things into your own hands. Totally. And even though, you know, you pay all this money to like get properly trained, it's not like, oh, that's a great thing to learn. It's like, actually, if I want something done, I kind of have to do it myself. But later in life, I was like, that is a good skill set to learn because the same shit happens when you start professions it's like no one's handing you anything nobody is like it's such a grind and so when I first got out I was like making my own multimedia immersive theater yeah. stuff it was really yeah exciting. I heard that it um, got picked up at LACMA right yeah that was what the the second big thing I did the first one was at the LA theater center and um I, I actually look back on those years, even though I was so unemployed as an actor, as like one of the greatest years of my life because I was just making my own shit. So I was like, I don't know, I got, I got, I can't sit around and wait. And Ugh. then once acting kind of like took off, um, I stopped making my own stuff, and this like huge void, yeah, was created. And so now those little kind of silly clowning around uh, Instagram videos that you saw this sort of like Love it. internet show that I've made is, is really like partially about me getting back to please do my own stuff I love it. again. Um, that's amazing. And thank you. <laughs> and, and, and that's so beautiful to hear because I, I, I think a lot of actors, you know, a lot of these institutions, let alone, you know, places that are, you're paying tons of money at NYU the whole time. The culture was like, you're so lucky to be here you're a star and then you graduate and you're like, well, well, uh, how do I get an agent? You know what I mean? And so that's exactly. so amazing that you were, you were like, fuck that. I'm just going to do my own thing. It took me 10 years to figure that out. <laughs> I mean, not like I said though, like I did it and then it went away and now it's coming back. Like I, I, I let, it's a little bit of a testament to like the grass is always greener on the other side. Cause like, of course I'm grateful that like things started going well with acting, but I do think because of the culture of like, you should just be grateful. You should just be happy if you're working. Like it, it ended up making me like do a lot of projects that weren't really up to my quality standards yeah. just cause I was like, Oh, this, person wants me to do something for them. Like, yeah. I mean, there was a moment in time. Like if you look at my IMDb page, it's like, 50 short films on there. Like I yeah. just say yes. yes to everything. And, and that's not a bad thing at first. I actually really advocate for that. Like throw your ego, check your ego and yes. 10 years. Get, get your you know? ego like, together, get some footage, you know, make, there's a lot of people from my class at UCLA. Who like, so, I mean, there's very, very few that are still doing it professionally. And I, I don't mean to dismiss any of those people or reduce their experience. Cause like what we do is so fucking hard, but it is kind of like what you were saying of like, why, why don't they prepare us more? We pay so much money to, to figure it out. And there should be a little yeah. bit more help with like professionally. How the fuck do you 
tra- like just just having talent. Unfortunately, in this business doesn't mean you're necessarily going to get far. Like you have to, yeah. Like, um, but anyways, yeah. I, I I I'm coming back to that like wonderful realization of like mostly you just have to kind of make shit happen for yourself. Like you with this podcast, like you got to find yeah. avenues into the passion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you need someone for one of your Instagram videos, I'm your neighbor. Call me. I'll come over to find Hell yeah. Let's mess with uh, that. Yeah, let's fuck it up, man. So then talk to me. How did being in L.A., uh, I imagine with, like, you know, LACMA being, you know, little the, the MoMA of L.A., did that kind of expose you to some casting directors and agents? Um, not as much because I don't. There are some casting directors for sure in L.A. that that will go out and see a lot of stuff. But it is nowhere near the way it is in New York, where, like, I feel like the casting directors are seeing all the plays. And they um, so I it Sneaky Nietzsche was the name of that project. And I think that that, like, helped me a little more in the art world, in a sense, like gave me some cachet of um I, I think it mean, means something to certain people. Like, I even remember I was doing Argo at the time that happened, and, like, Ben Affleck was like, holy shit, you, like, you're also an artist? Like, because, like, like we were saying before, like, normally it's just the L.A. actor. Yeah. It's such a specific thing. And I know that, like, that bumped up my cachet for him. And I think for a lot of people, it's like, oh, you're not just an actor. You, you actually are a creator. And it's been important to me to keep that identity and the only way to do that is to keep creating. Um, but I would say more like, I think like Argo and a girl walks home alone at night made people take me a little more seriously. Um, and do you feel like you found your voice on those films? You know, Argo obviously got shot out of a cannon and became, but you know, a girl walks home at night, like, you know, my favorite vampire movie of all time is <laughs> let me in. But that one, I was like, this is just as fucking good. And Thank especially you. like the, the stylization of doing the black and white. And I heard you guys shot, you know, the Middle East in California, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's just that stuff. Like if something it's, it's so hard to get something big enough that it gets on people's radar. Like that's the other thing is like, it's like so many lottery tickets, right? Like first you yeah. got to get the audition. Then you got to get the callback. Then you got to get the part. Then you got to do a good job in the movie. Then the movie has to like not, fuck up its marketing yeah. and like distribution. Like there's so many levels to finally get there, things but you can't control. Exactly. But it, it did, you know, it, it was nice once it got to the point where my work could kind of speak for me instead of yeah. me having, or like a manager having to hype me up. Like it, you could, it's so nice when you could finally just say like, just watch this movie and you'll kind of get the point. But the only tricky thing at first was that, both of those movies, I only speak Farsi. So then I had to start the journey of proving to people, like, first of all, letting them know, like, I'm American, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I can speak English. And yeah. I, you know, like, I'm not just like some girl from Iran. That yeah, they, um, yeah, yeah. That's um, homeland for three seasons. <laughs> yeah. So like, I, it was it was still this like, damn, like, it, it was so hard to get those parts and to get that cachet and then so it was nice when i did the movie we the animals and there was another women who kill like there's thank you yeah like it was i needed to show my chops in english what was that like getting the i mean i'll just call it what it the you know the film that gets accepted in all the pretentious film festivals and you get to (laughs) 
<laughs> to be knighted, if you will, by the industry. You know, was that was that a game changer for you? We the animals. It. it I, and I, lo- I loved. I love that you brought it like a Brooklyn accent to it. It was uh, so perfect <laughs> for that character. And your uh, your you range is insane. You were so I, good. Like you're so amazing. You make such uh, distinct choices, and and that's why you like. You know why I love watching you perform because I say this with love. I see the character. I don't see Sheila. I so that's like the biggest compliment ever. I like. I really really appreciate that. Um, and I mean it. Every, every word of it. I, and you're so beautiful. You look uh, so even no, as that. I am not. Yeah, you uh, are. Actually, oh my. You wanna know a secret? Tell me. <laughs> first of all, first of all, the first secret, which is not much of a secret, is I do a really bad job of not embarrassing myself. Like if I feel insecure, I just have to like throw it out there. But just so you know, like how nervous I get, like I have huge pit stains right now. Oh, I, I got my AC. And, and I'm hiding the. Uh, I turned my AC off, and we're in New York, and it's really hard. Uh, I've seen <laughs> you, sad. but, but uh, <laughs> so as far as like this is how I deal with compliments. You're like, you're beautiful. I'm like, look at my pit stains. <laughs> no, I'm sweating balls right now. That's um, but anyways, yeah, with we the animals, it was. I think. It was just nice. I still feel like not enough people have seen it. Like a lot of times. Were you aware of the book? Or Yeah. Once I, I, I was aware when I was auditioning, but I actually didn't read the book until I got the part because I wanted that part so bad that I, I knew I I was going to be like pretty destroyed if I didn't get it. So I thought if I read the book, I'm just going to get like too invested in it. Was the journey really long to get, to prove, hey, I speak English. I'm worthy of this part. Was that like the like English speaking part? Is like like immediately people are like, oh, okay, oh, you, yeah, you, you're fine. Like you don't like sometimes in the it's happening less now, but in the beginning, like after Argo and Girl was like a lot of times I'd get auditions that were like, please have her prepare it like in her natural accent and in the American accent. I was just like, my natural accent <laughs> is American. You know, like, and some of that is, I think, ingrained in us, like, you know, whether it's, it's, it's micro racism or what it is, but like, it's, I, you know, I'm a victim of it too. Like where we just sometimes see someone who's a different ethnicity and then you, you make a bunch of assumptions in your mind, you know? And um, that's why it's important to me to be seen as like both Persian American and, um, you know, just a normal American, because that's what America looks like to me. Like, especially living in New York, it's I, Americans, they look very colorful. And, yeah. um, but anyways, yeah, with, 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 with the animals, like sometimes people still will just think of me as the girl from a girl walks home at night. And it's been important to me to, to have people, you know, bring those two things, connect those dots. Like, or sometimes they'll see me, the animals, they won't even put together like, Oh, that's that that crazy Persian vampire girl. Like I, it's important to me for people to connect those dots because I did work hard on that range. Yeah. And I, and I, I want the credit for it, not because I want to pat on the back, but because like, um, you know, we don't have to get too heavy or go in this direction too much. No, but like, like, please. I, I do feel as a, as a middle Eastern American actress, like I have to work twice as hard yeah. as like a white contemporary to be like, take me seriously. Yeah. And, um, so, yeah, I think we the animals helped with that. Of just like she's not just this, she's not just here for Persian roles. Like that role was an Italian American, yeah. And um, you know, not to say that I'm trying to play like 
things I'm not, but like, why can't I be yeah. in a leading part? Like that, that meant a lot to me to get that part. I, I know, I know like hundreds of girls auditioned for that. And I'm sure like, I mean, I, I heard stories of like a lot of, of uh, white girls with way more credits than me going in there and uh, fuck them they're um, weak we need, we need <laughs> Sheila <laughs> I mean you know they're cool too but like they're, they're gonna get more chances so but I don't know things are starting to change and and um we'll see you know but but uh, it's it's bullshit that like when I was first starting out and diversity was first a thing like I did have a lot of white friends who were like oh you're so lucky like nobody like everybody just wants ethnic guys actors like it's really hurtful to say that it's like fuck you for like a hundred years like no one in my ethnic group has had a chance even still we're fighting for decent parts most of the times we're still you know totally supporting peripheral characters so i don't think sometimes like white actors realize like that i i i i I totally respect it and i'm so glad you said that yeah like i don't know like we not to say that, that there shouldn't be they shouldn't get jobs as well, but um, we, we got to start like correcting it. It's, it's, um, and just up until like a couple years ago, it was still pretty normal for white people to play like Latinos yeah. and, you know, uh, Middle Eastern people. And like, I mean, no, nobody for remembers West Side Story it was brown. You know, Natalie Wood was in brown skin. You know what I mean? Like, there's just. Oh. Oh, yeah, it's more sooner than that. I don't. I yeah. like. I don't want to like. No, I hear you. You know, yeah, throw yeah, yeah. throw people under the bus and whatever. But um, it, it's just as of very recently, and like I said, like I'm not. I'm not saying I wasn't myself, even a person participating in that kind of stuff. Like it's just that I guess that's what it means. This like woke culture, whatever, is just like we are seeing things in a different lens. Like there's even like female shit that's happened to me throughout my career that for many years, like I consider myself a really strong woman who doesn't take shit. And still I would take a certain amount of shit just thinking like, that's the way things are. Like no one's going to care if I bring this grievance up. And like now, like post me too and all of that, like I'm like, thank God. Like if something creepy happens, I don't have to second guess it in my mind anymore. Yeah. I just like that was weird. And I'm going to like talk to some of my cast members about it or like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, yes, I, I'm super grateful. I know, I know there's a lot of people who think that things are like so sensitive right now, but I don't, I feel like safer. And yeah, As and, you, um, I mean, I think women, I would say until even the year 2000 have been so marginalized by religion, by politics, by America, you know, it's, I think it was a, a reckoning that was mandatory because men can be pigs. You know, I don't want to say all men are pigs, but you know, sometimes they can be really disgusting. And and when anyone has entered the corridor of power, not even in entertainment throughout history, they always abuse it. You know, so one thing history shows us, and our business too. It's like has a lot of room for that because it's like yeah. we're a bunch of like kids that don't want to grow up. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. and so often like the job feels like summer camp. Like you meet a bunch of people, you're never gonna really see them again when it's over. And I think it lends itself a little to like, you know, sometimes in a really fun, great way to like breaking rules and pushing boundaries, and then sometimes. In, in these ways that are inappropriate and also because like there's so many people who want to break in it's easy to abuse your power 
power yeah. to these like, you know, like luckily for me, like in times I've been me too, like I just like didn't because of my life experience, I was able to walk away, you know, yeah. like the hell? Like, you, had, you had the strength to be like, Fuck yeah. like almost yeah. was, but, but that doesn't mean that that's how it is for every person. No, you know? Like maybe I had the money to, to say no to that job yeah. or like maybe I, you know, there's, there's so many factors that go in. So that, that's why I don't like when people are just like, well, why don't you just like, leave the room when that guy whipped his dick out. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's uh, for some I, people. Yeah, they, yeah. they do. Some people it's like weird. It's shocking. And it's like, it's not, you, your- you never know how you're going to react to a situation, sexual or not until you're in it. You know, like, you know, I, I went through a bad breakup and, and I chose to cope with copious amounts of drugs and alcohol. And I'm, <laughs> I, I'm sober now, but you know what I mean? Oh, like you, you don't know how uh, I still do mushrooms, but you know, you, you don't know how you don't know how you're going to deal with something until you're there. And yeah, I think it's really exactly. unfair for people to be like, well, I would have dealt with this like this. Yeah. You you fucking don't know. So uh, I'm just, I'm so curious as to where, you know, when We the Animals comes out, where is Sheila's minded? Because I imagine at that point you get to be a, a lot choosier. It's so funny, the choosy thing, because it like still takes a lot of courage, you know, like it, or at least for me, I think because I felt like I felt like such an outsider starting out in this business. And I think, again, it's like one of those things where like I think of myself as such a strong person, but actually getting selective has been a difficult process for me. Like there were so many years where I was just like, I'm so grateful to work, like I said, or just like, I just love being on set. You know, I love doing it. And so I'll, I'll, um, but yeah, I think it, it allowed me to, it gave me more confidence for sure to, to like, I can do this and I don't need to be doing every little part that I get asked to do, but I, it was still an indie movie. And unfortunately, like we still live in a day and age where you can't make a living just doing indie no. movies and theaters. So like, actually like, sadly enough, like I think the thing that made me more courageous to be selective was making enough money. <laughs> and yeah. that hasn't always been through like projects that satisfy my soul. So for, I really do think it's important to balance it and don't be ashamed to take a job just for money either. Like there was a lot of my career. I was just like, Oh, I have to do like classy work only. And I try my best to maintain a certain amount of like integrity and quality, especially because I care about people who like follow me and fans and stuff. Like I want them when they see a movie with me in it to know it's going to be like either something like, psychedelic and weird and yeah. different or, or, or like, you know, really, really good, but you don't always get that kind of control. Um, but now that like, you know, bless up to the universe, I've like been doing a couple of TV things long enough. Like I yeah. finally and you feel have snow, like snow piercer. Snow piercer yeah. yeah. And, um, it, uh, it's given me a little bit of that cushion. And that's also why I started making my own stuff. Cause I fund my own, projects like i don't ask for money from other people i don't really like i probably should when i was younger i tried i applied for some grants and stuff like got close to getting some but like really like have been rejected so much in my career like you wouldn't believe like i I don't even know how i'm still here (laughs) (laughs) considering how much i've been rejected um in my career but i i just ended up 
doing this thing where it's like make a little bit of money and then spend it on my own thing, make a little bit, yeah. bit of money. And um, I try to even nowadays like budget, like there's this much you just allowed. Cause I get, I get worried about money, you know, like, yeah. like, like so many actors, like we don't, it's, it's really hard to feel job security with what we do. Um, but like, fuck, man, I really do wish that I was. It's okay that I swear, yeah? Yeah, fuck okay. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I still sometimes, like, get... There's the confidence thing. It feels like a never-ending thing. Like, I, But it, it is getting better. I, I am starting to finally be like, okay, like, this isn't a fluke that you have an acting career. This isn't just, like... Because in the beginning, it feels like, oh, maybe this is just like right now. I'm, yeah. Maybe I'm just which, having a which, moment. Which can happen for some people, you know? Yeah. And it's, yeah. it takes a certain amount of work to finally be like, okay, this isn't going to get ripped away from me. Or, yeah. and, and I really think the only way to get there is focusing on the work. Because the only like thing that at the end of the day, you'll never age out of and, and Hollywood can never take away from you is, is your skills like your talent if you you know there's just so much bullshit in our business of people being like you gotta like network like this gotta do this gotta send your headshots here yeah. blah, blah, blah. like for me i'm like just that shit should be secondary yeah. just trying to be good at it because if you're good at it you're gonna keep getting work um, you you just kind of mentioned this with uh, your TV thing, but talk to me about you know before we dig into the rental doing something like Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. You know, do you enjoy doing studio films? Because I know there's a little bit like that's a badass woman, you know, and a badass female movie. But you know, studio films they they're not we the animals. They're not you know a girl walks home. You know they're they're very different. The rules are different. Was that an experience you enjoyed? Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're all, they're all different. And I think I get something different out of each one. Um, I, I have to keep the balance though, or I'll kind of go crazy. Yeah. Honestly, doing any one of them, like, even though I, I do tend to put theater and indie movies on a pedestal uh, because the nature of them, I, you know, they're bad. able to take more risks and stuff creatively. But at the same time, to be perfectly honest, like when I do enough indie movies, I start being like, oh, I miss the luxury of like a trailer. Yeah. Or just like, yeah. you know, like a solid ass paycheck. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Oh, business class, like just a hotel room. Because yeah. I, I, have, I have for sure roughed it. Uh, in in several different ways, and and I'm always down for that, you know. Like I, I am, I do think I 100. percent I'm a spiritual warrior in the sense of like I will do whatever fucking takes for the art. But yeah. um, but then but then like I said before, like you need to pay your bills too, and and not to say that mainstream studio stuff only pays my bills. Like I've also got gotten the chance to meet some of my like favorite people like Tina Fey, yeah. like, um, uh, Margot. Yeah. Margot yeah. Robbie was so awesome. Like so many people, um, yeah. through those like Robin Williams, that, that was theater. So that, that was, yeah. that was different, but, um, I, yeah, they, they have their pros and cons. Mostly I feel like the studio stuff, like it's exciting to see the sets because the production value is just so massive on those yeah. things. Yeah. So like the sets and the props and the costumes are always like so elaborate. Yeah. Um, but 
it, it it's a strange thing having so many executives involved. Like I a lot, I of, don't, a lot of cooks in the kitchen. So many cooks and so many cooks that aren't creatives, which yeah. is so weird to me. And then like you know, and then you see it, you see it, the proof is kind of in the pudding often. And so just because my background's in the theater and, and in indie films, like I I thrive more and I just like that more intimate setting that's like just fewer people having realer and deeper conversations instead of lots of people giving notes that are like incoherent and all over the place. And then in the end, you kind of have this like soup of a project yeah. because so many damn cooks were throwing in their two cents. Well, that's, I, I totally understand that. Let's, let's talk about the rental. You know, you mentioned you and Dave grew up in the same area, but didn't know each other. How did this all come together? Yeah, Dave reached out through a few mutual friends. Um, I know he had seen We the Animals and A Girl Walks Home at Night. I was like a big fan of both of those movies. And then Joe Swanberg, who co-wrote the movie with him, I had met Joe. Like We actually were both in a short film together and kind of socially met. We met like at Sundance once and we just met socially a couple of times. So I, I, I like Dave knew my work. Joe and I kind of knew each other. So I, I think that's maybe how the idea came up. I don't know if Mina, the character, was always Persian or if they had done it because of me or what. But Dave was very adamant about about casting me. And that meant a lot to me. Yeah. You know, it's it's as somebody who's who's been like shoved to the side for so many years, have, has had to prove myself so hard through the rat race. Like, it's really nice when you just get an offer. Like, I didn't have to audition for the rent. Amazing. Offered to me. And you on- got a bigger part than his wife. <laughs> <laughs> living the dream yeah. um, but it was cool to see his passion for like like it's gotta be you I want it to be you like that meant a lot to me I was like man this guy really believes in me and then also I it meant a lot to me that like five different mutual friends reached out because I was like okay if he's vetting me this much he's probably vetting the rest of the cast and crew and I actually like you know I think some people might be like oh like why does he need to check so much on me but I love that because I was like this means this guy wants like the best most like down to earth people and like that's who it was it was all like real solid people who he had made sure that like you know everyone on the crew he would call around with people who had already worked with them like is this person cool is this person like a good person and um and then we met once he reached out, sent me the script and I read it and I, I, I really loved like the, the films that he referenced that yeah. were sort of inspo for it. Um, and so, yeah, then we met up and I just thought it was cool that he was really going for a film that starts really naturalistically yeah, yeah. and like character driven and then just unravels into horror. Totally. I, I thought that was dope. And I was like, he's kind of the, a good candidate for that kind of thing. Cause I feel like his his comedy is often very dry and natural. Yeah, you know, it's so, it's so funny. I, when I saw it and I heard you were in it, obviously I, I wanted to see it. But I say this with love because I do love Dave Franco. This wasn't the movie I would have expected from Dave Franco. Right. You know what I mean? like, Which is also super yeah. cool. You know, yeah, like he didn't totally. just, just go into the expected pathway. Like yeah. you, another thing this industry likes to do so much Definitely to actors. Yeah. yeah, just like you did this thing. Like, literally, like, the first pilot I ever did, I played a cop. And then for, like, 
500 fucking auditions after that. It was always a cop or a detective, and which is hilarious because anyone who knows me knows I'm like pretty anti-authority, yeah. total rebel, like grew up, you know, like I, I am not the person to be enforcing rules. I am the rule breaker. So I'm I was in just that, like that cop rabbit hole now. <laughs> yeah, you do it once. I mean, look, at least there's a lot of damn freaking roles for yeah. this. at that time at least I remember so many cop shows and detective shows but yeah. it finally had to just be like man I don't I don't want to wear a pantsuit anymore yeah. like, <laughs> I just play a weirdo yeah like, and that was the other reason for like my Instagram thing I was like I need to let people know that I'm a weirdo yeah because they don't seem to understand <laughs> I am a freak yeah me too <laughs> yeah. I love it but, so, yeah, it's great that Dave went in a different direction and he killed it. I think he like totally you killed it. You were so great. And uh-huh. like, I think I can say this. If not, we'll cut it out without giving it away. But like as someone who's had a lot of wild experiences on Molly, I know <laughs> <laughs> just how wild that drug can take things. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. I know. I was like when I watched, I was like, damn, am I like. Because that's a really hard thing to do as an actor, the, the inebriated thing. Oh, for sure. You know, like it's so quickly can get into like a cheesy place, like pretending to be drunk or fucked yeah. up. And, and you don't actually want to have to method that. Because then yeah, you can yeah. like. I tried it early in my career. It doesn't work. <laughs> certainly wouldn't want to try it with Molly, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was fun. I actually felt like I got a little bit of a like contact high or something just pretending to be that loose but that's like an important part of the film of why shit goes awry it's like it's kind of like one innocent mistake after another and it really starts with really like human things like human mistakes we make and then the paranoia and the the guilt just like avalanches essentially was it a blast filming it really was like ban- we shot that in band in Oregon and it's so beautiful up there in the Pacific Northwest. It's yeah. like, and the house is this like gorgeous. The house is like a character itself in this movie. Um, and it, it's a big, beautiful house on this cliff side overlooking an ocean. So it was, and I, I really like like, especially with movies shooting on location. Cause it's a short period of time, but you get to like, feel like you entered this other world and yeah. um and everyone in the cast is like so just all great awesome people but it's fun too to be in a cast where like you're all the same age yeah. so yeah yeah it was it was less lonely than sometimes it is to have to like go and be far away from home for a long yeah. time that's amazing and well i i know we touched on your amazing instagram and you got snow piercer <laughs> but what what else is coming soon for sheila well, I'm supposed to shoot a movie in September, but, you know, like, yeah. of course, COVID-19 times, like, we're not exactly sure if that's going to be possible and everybody wants to do it, you know, in a very safe and responsible way. So I, I don't know, like, September still seems a little early to me, but that project is by this amazing Iranian-American artist named Shireen Neshat. Yeah. And Shireen is in her 60s. She's been making work for the last, like, over three decades she started more in like video art and visual art and but this is now her third feature and last year we made a couple of shorts together that were put up at the broad museum in la which was Whoa. super cool they did like a retrospective of all of shirin neshat's work 
And so we're doing like the feature version, essentially. The feature is way more developed and its own thing, but it's kind of an extension of those shorts that we did. Yeah. And that's a, gonna, that's a really cool, like surreal, stylized black and white movie about uh, this like Persian American girl who works for the Census Bureau and goes into all of these different houses kind of searching for like the American identity through like these random people's houses who she's going to as like a census worker. And then things get very kind of absurd and surreal. And oh, the casting is really exciting, but I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say like yeah. who's all in it, but that's, that's going to be another like real art house type thing. So, oh, I'm there. um, and then, uh, yeah, there's a play that I may do, but that's been pushed to next year. So here right in New York, just, are you, are you still balancing any- theater? I'm trying to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I just like have to do a. have learned that I have to do a play once every couple years at least. Cause like last time I did a play, I, I had like a, a string of a few like difficult acting experiences and some rejections. And like, it was one of those times where I just wanted to quit. Yeah. And I was just like, fuck this business. I'm just like so tired of like, feeling like I'm getting shit on no matter how hard I try. And, and then I went, I did a little play that a friend of mine wrote called Nylon. Um, my friend, Sophia Alvarez, who's an amazing playwright. And where did it go up? As well, we just like self produced it in, oh, a, in a black box. I've done that so many theater. times. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. it's called theater lab in New York. And it's actually, it's a white box theater. Like I, I know black it well, box, but saw, yeah. And Knut Adams. I don't know if you know, Knut, um, Knut Adams is this unbelievable, like up and coming theater director who I love. And, uh, he directed it. He's now like, I'm so proud of him because like, he just recently did a show at, LCT3 at Lincoln Center and he was asked to do this show at uh, the Roundabout Underground but that got pushed to next year but I I think Canute is like gonna be the next like theater directing hotshot I think he's so dope Um, but we just like yeah it it was kind of going back to those roots of like I don't want to wait for people to give me a leading role in a play like fuck it let me and also like everything I do is about getting better so I was like I got to prove to New York theater that I'm, I'm out here. And so we did this play. We like just did pretty much funded it ourselves. And it was an amazing experience. So actually like, it's not a hundred percent official, but Canute had asked me to potentially do this other new exciting play with him that hopefully we'll, we'll get to do next year. But that play like revived me and that wow. reminded me that's like, Oh, you don't hate acting. You just miss theater. Like yeah. you miss real acting. Being alive miss, and not like, with the bullshit. Yeah. yeah, and it was also great to remember that, like, it's, who cares that it was in a small, like, 65-seat theater? Like, it didn't matter. The work, at the end of the day, is the same. It could be a thousand-seat theater or a 50-seat theater. Yeah. The work you're doing as an actor is the same. And, of course, we want recognition and we want to get paid. We deserve to get paid. We want to be seen. But I, I like, you know, to whoever, to whom it may concern, like, the truth is you won't necessarily be happier on those huge projects. Like you might do those. And like, I keep saying like the paycheck might be great, but you might be like, this is, did I even act today? Did I even really do work I'm proud of? So I just hope actors like don't, you know, I know it's a hustle, man. And it's like, I, I think I'm just, I'm very lucky that I've been able to create this balance, but I, I, I want people to know that a lot large part of what's gotten me here is the small stuff. Yeah. that 
you know, fewer people have seen. And that stuff has made me like, now I feel like, like going into that, that little play, like I, I was just like, can I even do this? I, I don't know. I've been doing screen stuff for so long. And now I'm like, that's how you get confidence, I guess. Yeah, like, I, totally. I, I can't get it from that. Like, I, I got to just keep doing the work. I love it. It's so beautiful. <laughs> and and I'm curious, you know, because you've been so amazing and so lovely and articulate. For all the young Sheilas and, you know, <laughs> the Ryans who uh, I'm old, but, you know, the younger. I'm, actor, I'm older than you. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, no, you look 21. Um, hey, hey. <laughs> what, what would you say, you know, to the, to, to the white eyed Sheila's maybe a little disillusion with their college and trying to figure out, you know, their post-grad navigation? What, any advice do you have for them? I, I, I definitely want to say that college, like it's great. You did it. And education is amazing. And like, it's good to have tools in the toolbox, but take it with a grain of salt. Like I said earlier, I, for most of my schooling life, never got leading roles, often wasn't, you know, the person first believed in, but it didn't matter. And actually like a lot of those people who were getting leading roles, they're not even doing it anymore. So I think just remember that any rejection, any hardship, you could, it could take you down or it could fuel you. So try to find a way to just, use it as fuel, take those feelings, take that anger and write it down. And I I always, my biggest piece of advice always is make your own shit. Like, because you never know who's going to see that small play that you did and bring you in. And and remember the goal is not to be on a TV show. The goal is not to be up in studio stuff. The goal is to do great work and And pay your rent. That's the, yeah, yeah. And, um, and, uh, yeah, so so it's good to just stay busy because there's a lot of downtime. Even when you're really successful, we have to deal with this, this weird thing where part of our employment is a lot of unemployment. So just like fill it up, whether it's life shit, like traveling, getting your mind off the industry yeah. or, um, you know, when I was starting out, I did all the things. I, I did casting director workshops. I don't know that they went anywhere, but sometimes I learned a little nugget the here and there. Thing. I did a couple of those. It wasn't one-on-one, but like you'd go up and do a yeah, scene and they'd yeah, give you yeah. feedback and you're yeah. hoping that they like notice you. And yeah. like, don't, don't waste too much of your money on that stuff. But like a scene work is always great. Yeah. Well, if, always, you, if, if you look at his exercise, I think you'll, yeah. yeah, you'll find yourself a lot happier. And just like be patient. And I'm, you know, I just, I, I have so much respect for anyone out there who's going for it. Like, and, and I just want them to know that I have had a lot of hardships too. Like it's part of it. It's part of it. And you can failures sometimes are like more valuable than successes because you can learn a lot from them. So I couldn't agree more. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Sheila Van, I got so much love for you and I, uh-huh. I just want to hang out with you forever and we're neighbors now. So let's get coffee sometime. Thanks Ryan. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like I was maybe had too much coffee and was really, uh, rambling, but ah, <laughs> uh, don't worry, we're we're not recording anymore, so this is all okay. between you and me. But thank you so much for doing it, and for sure, and this was this was really chill and nice. Yeah, let's do it again next project and stay in touch. And you know, let's. I got a car. It's like get your boyfriend. Let's all go out to Montauk and get a yeah. mind. 
Get the heck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck this shit. But I love you so much. Thanks, Keep pushing Ryan. that shit. And uh, <laughs> let, let's rock soon. Yeah. Stay safe. All right. So much love, Sheila. Bye. If you like the show, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.